Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we are changing society by cherishing scripture. My name is Zach Taylor. I'm gathered here today today with Jeremy, Jesse, Nathan, and Pastor Bailey. How are y'all doing? Great. How are you? Doing good. good. Doing good. Uh, We're still uh, trying to get back into the flow of things. We're going back to three services a week now, uh, and we're going to be adding Sunday School back in July, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but there's been a lot going on in society, to say the least, uh, between this uh, coronavirus, uh, pandemic scare, all of that. And now, strangely enough, guys, it seems like corona has just completely disappeared, or at least off the main pages of media. <laughs> yeah, It's pretty insane, but it's really, it's a sad time we're living in right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a sad time where we're being forced to see black and white but unfortunately you know the bible mentions that we're all of the same race we're all from adam at the end of the day uh but it's not seen that way and i saw something today posted by uh, brother stancil uh that talked about the real problem that we have here it's not a race problem it's not a political problem Uh, the problem we have here is a sin problem Uh, and that that to me is probably uh, the saddest part about this is we can just see how far gone our society is from being a Christian society. Uh, I, it breaks my heart to say it, but I don't even think it's fair to call America a Christian nation yes, a anymore. Uh, that's what I would say is it's a, we're living in a post-Christian America now. And uh, it's, it's very dangerous times, very dangerous days to be living in. Yeah. It's, to say the least. It's tough. I mean... I, I don't even know how to put it to words. I mean, it just it breaks my heart to see people fighting and feuding. Facebook has become a battleground now. The streets have become a courtroom. Yeah, we were talking about this at lunch. I mean, we're, we're in a situation now. You can't post anything now. No. You know, because no matter how well-intended or even well-worded it is, you know, it's it, everything is suspect now. Everything that you say, everything that you post is just so... You know, and I'm not a so you guys know me. I'm not a social media person, uh, but nevertheless, you know, even the uh, even the private conversations of, uh, you know, we just got the news this week: the quarterback from Georgia, Jake Fromm, who signed with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I don't think he'll ever take a snap in Buffalo because he he sent a private text uh, to a young lady in the college there in University of Georgia uh, that uh, it had a lot of, of you know questionable remarks in there about racism. And so even private conversations now are becoming public, and um, and there's a, there's a very very dangerous trend. Uh, I think in the next six months we're going to see a lot of uh, celebrities, football coaches, football players, and people who are going to be caught with some private conversation they were engaged in or something they said that they they're really going to wish they had not said. Yeah, in the in the end times it talks about the the. The children will give up the parents. Uh, we can easily see that there's there's posts and videos that are just going viral now that the children are fed up with the so-called racism of the parents. And what seems to be racism is not really racism. It's really it's just a bunch of ignorance. Is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's what it is. There's there's a lot of uh, black proponents for I would say for. Uh, freedom and the freedom of speech and they become bullseyes and targets in today's society um, 
such as Candace Owens, Larry Elders, and and those of that nature. And if you're familiar with somewhat of the pol- political uh, ring of of uh, the boxing ring of that of that nature, you understand who they are and what they're standing for. Brandon Tatum, former police department uh, uh, officer for um, Phoenix, Arizona, has made his uh, voice known as far as that is concerned. And it really, it, all, what their conversation is really boiling down to is that there is a biased opinion and much uh, biased words that are given mainly because there's ignorance in our society. And we, if we can, shed some light on it. Not really political, not really uh, in a way to kind of remedy the issue, but be salt mm-hmm. yeah. and just give scripture. Because that is what we, what we started with this morning or this afternoon of this podcast the issue is a sin issue, and the only way we can deal with that is with the scriptures. And that's that's something that also worries me. You know, I see a lot of posts about how can we fix this, and a lot of it is by Christians. And trust me, I'm not saying I am completely against racism. Uh, I think racism is not a biblical thing to, uh, to uh, not a biblical stance to have, because, uh, like I said originally, we're all from Adam. Um, and, and I don't believe that racism is right, and I don't think it's supported in Scripture. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when I see these things of uh, people posting, well, this is how we fix a church, you know, or this is how we fix this as the Christians, my thought is we do need to fix it as Christians, but we don't need to do certain things for certain communities. It, we need to reach the world because, I yeah. mean, the world we live in is bad. It doesn't matter... Uh, the color of the skin for this. I mean, the the world we're living in is just wicked. Yeah. I had a friend that uh, told me one time, he said, you know, we, we as Christians should be looking for the coming of the Lord, but we should also be trying to push back and, and prolong it. If we're doing our job, you know, then the world will see that and they'll want to follow after us. But I, I mean, I kind of want to share what uh, the Gospel of Luke has to say about the end times. Uh, it says um, in verse 9 of Luke 21, it says, But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. I mean, we're, what, a hundred years from World War One, and like 80 or so from World War Two. I mean, that was, that's a long time ago. You know, that's a whole lifetime ago. Um, but then it goes on to say, um, then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. And uh, I think that could possibly be where we're at today. Uh, I remember hearing about in Africa there is locust swarms that are causing major famine, and it can impact globally. And uh, it's just... It's sort of crazy to think that this could be the last times that we've read about and we've talked about for generations. I mean, even the apostles believe they were in the last times. That's true. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think we're even closer than we've ever, ever been. Yeah. Um, I th- But also, I think now is the time for the church to really get up and do something. I agree. I mean, we're so close to... I think the racism has been an issue forever even from we can read we've read about it in our bible but um with our freedoms recently have been at stake with all the corona mess and then now we have this and uh, now's the time for us to get out you know there. we were talking about at lunch we were talking about the 
uh, like the chief sins and, and uh, pastor you could probably give the correct word here but you know I think pride is ultimately you can look racism can be rooted back to pride yeah, yeah. racial Think, pride uh, thinking that one person's race or skin color is better or deserves a treatment or is you're born naturally better than someone I, that's not a biblical stance to have yeah uh, but and it's very didn't... easy it's very easy to adopt yeah it's very easy to adopt because people are always trying to look for ways to make themselves better than somebody else and it's very easy. Skin color is a very easy way to say, "Well, I'm better than this person." Yeah, and you know the thing—the thing that's crazy about that is—is is there's certain things that it, it it almost makes sense that we could be proud of. You know, if you've worked hard and you're an incredible athlete, that's that's good. That's hard work. You chose to do that. I didn't choose to be white. You know, none yeah. of us, none of us chose to be the race that we are or the ethnic background that we have. I didn't choose to be a southerner. You know, and so. Um, the the whole issue that uh, you know where pride comes into the picture is when you're you're claiming uh, elitism based on something that you did not do. Hmm. You know you did, this is it's almost as if someone is saying, you know, God permitted me to be white while He punished others other people and made them black or made them brown or whatever. God permitted me to be white. That's where real religious racism uh, comes into the picture, and it is not new. You know. If you go to the scripture all the way back into the Old Testament, there was uh, there was racial bias, racial prejudice, and racial unrest all through God's word from beginning to end. The Jews called the Gentiles dogs. They called them dogs, and that was a racial slur. That was intended to be a racial slur, and so it is. Uh, it's not new. It's it's not going to go away. Um, what is different about it this time from my viewpoint is that there is now the presentation of old racism in a new generation, meaning specifically that we have a group of young people who were not on the front lines of the racial battle and have not seen the real ugly side of racism. And so now all of a sudden they're experts and they're weighing in and they are not helping the cause at all because they have a very uninformed and ignorant opinion of how to to settle these matters. You know, when ultimately, uh, you know, our church here is, I would say, predominantly white, but we do have a multiracial church. Um, You know, we have uh, some people of color and different members and such that come to our church and on staff here and so on and so forth, some minorities. But um, the only way that uh, that you can maintain right relationships in any kind of a cultural battle is for our black brothers and sisters to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. And that way the racial barrier is broken down. You know, I made that comment this morning in church, and it seemed to be well received. You know, And you guys are exactly right, right? The church has to get off the stool of do nothing and reach the world with the gospel. That's the only remedy to these problems. Absolutely. Um, it's because um, when we see in the New Testament, I think it's Paul who said, uh, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek. Yep. It breaks down the racial barriers. But outside of Christ, I mean, you can probably bet your money on it that someone, you know, within a mile of this church is going to be a radical racist. Yep. And, I mean, I'm not saying that across the board. I don't, I don't think the whole system is racist, like how the BLM is, is trying to make it seem. But you you cannot help but be some sort of bias towards a 
someone with a different appearance than you. Because, I mean, even look at the Jews. What did the Nazis say about the Jews? They drew posters of them with, with their big noses. Or, uh, like, white people uh, call us crackers. I mean, yeah. some some of it's comical, and, and some of it can be taken in jest. But there's these differences, and because the differences, it, it puts a divide between people. But the only thing that can bridge those gaps is the gospel. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's and exactly that, that right. ignorance breeds fear. Yeah. And and I think that fear right there is what keeps people at arm's distance. And and that's where the gospel comes in, and getting that barrier, breaking down the barrier, and becoming the uh, should be the bridge between multiculturalism. Yeah. Um, multi. If I can use this term, multi-racism, yeah. um, and when I mean racism, I'm talking about culturalism, um, because what, like we've said before, we are from. Um, if you believe in creationism, if you're a Bible believer, um, you believe that we are from one uh, unique source, original creation, and we have that ancient, and we have that ancestry that that really binds us. Yeah. Throughout time, we just grown to look different and like like it's been mentioned it their their our uniqueness and our um our uh i can say de- uh, degradation of of when it comes to um the dna pool has become more and more corrupt the copy of a copy of a copy of a copy throughout the centuries um is blinded us to the true origin of what we really look like on the inside. It should be look, we should look like Christ. Yeah, right. look like God, but yeah, and that transcends Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I mean, the Old Testament source of race comes. You know, the the original source of race came with the diversion of or the diversification of language at the Tower of Babel. But then, after that, uh, the races were basically condensed down after the flood into three progenitors and that was Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Shem, the Shemites, the Semites, the Jews, uh, basically settled in the uh, in the Fertile Crescent near the Middle East. The Hamites became darker skinned people and they settled in the Horn of Africa and went down to the African continent. And then the uh, the Japhethites, which is you know, pale skin, uh, lighter skinned people, they're the ones who went up into Europe. And back when I was in grammar school years and years ago, uh, we were taught that that there were uh, three races. They didn't call it Shem, Ham, and Japheth, but they taught that there were three races. There was Mongoloid, Caucasoid, and Negroid. And those were the actual terms that they used back in those days. Well, those terms have been revamped to take the, to take the teeth out of them, to take the, the stigma away from them. But technically... That's what we're from a biblical standpoint. That's what we're looking at here, yeah. is that those three races were, and all three of those races had certain blessings placed upon them by God, and uh, and those races all have something to contribute. Um, uh, however, those races have been at odds with each other. You know, the Arabs against the Jews, and the, you know, and then that developed into the Asians against the. Uh, you know, against the uh, the the people of color, and then you know, across the Atlantic we come. Japheth comes into the United States, and the United States becomes a predominantly white country uh, after the colonial days when it became the United States of America. And uh, then uh, it began to diversify, of course, through the unfortunate days of racism, through uh, through um, 
slavery and stuff like that in the South. And so it's there. It's part of our history, and I don't know what to do about it other than to say the only thing that is going to bring healing to the nations, which is exactly what I think this is talking about. When he talks about healing to the nations, I don't think he's talking about physical healing. I think he's talking about the ethnic uh, division that exists among the nations is only going to be satisfied when Jesus comes and when racial division is finally put down for the last time. Yes, mm-hmm. because even even amongst our own, we could say color, um, even though we, uh, as the scripture says, we're made of the dust of the earth, we can find our own color in the sands of, of, of this planet. That's right. Somewhere, in some shape or form, we can find our own color. But um, we do have issues even amongst our own color. And when we would consider ourselves traitors, um, with some of these terms, they might be offensive, but some would say the blacks have betrayed them, their own race, their own color, and they call them Uncle Toms and, and uh, you know, Oreos and things of that nature. Not to be derogatory toward that, but they use these, uh, these terms in a sense that they think they've been betrayed by their own, uh, their own race, their own color. Yeah. But yeah. We, we, we do have a conflict. And it is national, um, and it is a serious issue, and it is a, it can it can catch the the attention of the people instead of Christ catching the attention. Yeah, yeah. But it, to go back to your well, original point, there are many ethnicities, but there's really only one race. Yeah. yeah. If you go all the way back to the Book of Genesis, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Here. If, we have if one semantics race. Are, is, is 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 on the table. Take semantics away biblically. There is, yes, there's one race. And God yeah. has divided those two the human races race. into, or that, that human race into two categories. You have saved or lost or Jew or Gentile. And that all stems toward the, the principles of Scripture in which who God has chosen to uh, spread the gospel for the uh, but, right. So. Ultimately, here's the thing, and, and this is things that I've told people before. I mean, speaking in a complete hypothetical here, do we really think that if we were all the same skin color that there there wouldn't be some form of separation? Well, of course not. People would find a reason to not like people. Well, you have blue yeah, eyes and right. I have brown eyes. Right, colors yeah. are just an yeah. excuse. Color, listen, yeah. the, the, here's the thing. and it, Racism is a, really, it's a real thing, and we all acknowledge that racism is a real thing. But people are going to find a reason to hate people if it's not the color of their skin. It's going to be something else. Yeah, that's uh, why they. That's why that one guy shot uh, that police captain, David Dorn. I mean, he's black. Why? Why are they shooting another black man if it's about race? You know, it's that's actually it's, not, it's becoming that is, bigger. No, than race. it's just hate. No. Right it, now, it's now just it's hate about ideologies. Yeah, you know, because he believed in protecting his business, and you know, you have to work for what you what you uh, eat for how you survive. But that's not what these people. See, they want something. They want a free handout, even if they have to take it. Yeah. One thing that's made me sad, and this is the thing, this is what's been even harder, because I know a lot of really good African-Americans who are peacefully protesting, which, like, I've told people, hey, I'm all for peaceful protests. I believe that is your right as an American citizen to peacefully protest. But these people, white, black, Asian, Spanish, whatever they are, that are breaking in and looting stuff, uh, that is wrong, and I, I, it breaks my heart to see people, you know, these African Americans that were born uh, in the rougher parts of town. Like I saw this video of an old man, and he struggled his whole life, born in the ghetto, struggled, saved up, and eventually had enough money to open up his own business, 
and then it, to turn around and just have it burn to the ground. It's disgraceful. Yeah. He just lost everything. It's just disgraceful. The, the, the American dream to have, he just lost it because of rage. Yeah, and it's, it's but it's 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 way more now than a race issue. They're attacking now. We're not attacking police officers. We're attacking each other now. I mean, they're right. fighting each other. I saw a video in New, uh, from this guy in New York, a looter, came out, and then two other protesters came up and looted that guy who was also protesting. <laughs> this, is, this is insane. So where, wow. what, what, where are we now? What, yeah. Where do we draw it's anarchy. line? It's anarchy. It's headed towards anarchy. Yes, we're in the dark, and that's, that's what human depravity, this is actually what it is under a microscope. If man is given just that little bit of fire, or just giving him permission to act out in the dark. This is what it looks like. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. This is why those older saints that we have in our church always pray, even so, come Lord Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why. Yeah. I've been praying that. Yeah. But if you <laughs> look lot. at, you know, and this is going to sound a little bit, um, this may come as an astonishment, you know, when you look at it from this perspective. The stereotypes that have been placed on white people and black people the stereotypes that white people have placed on black people and black people have placed on white people. Uh, those stereotypes are, are really, uh, you know, non-functional anymore, you know, and I can give you a prime example. Okay. Uh, the stereotypical race, uh, racial remarks that would be made towards a black man might be, he's got kids by three different women. That might be something that a lot of people would accuse uh, someone of color as far as their morals and their behavior. He's got he's got kids by three different women, and uh, but if you look at the last two presidents that we've had, Barack Obama, a black man, one wife, two daughters, the white man Donald Trump, he's the one who had kids with three different women. Yeah. So that even those stereotypes, because they do not find themselves based upon the scripture even those stereotypes break down over time and that's what's going to have to happen the stereotypes are going to have to collapse and the word of god is going to have to reign supreme mm-hmm. and what then what brother somebody brought up brent stancil a good friend of all of ours down in in uh, pinellas park florida and the comment I, did, I haven't seen the comment but i've heard several people remark about the comment that he made that this is not racial this is all about sin this is about the the very very uh, wicked and crimson nature of sin, and uh, that's exactly where they are, where we are because um, uh, God can change the character of anyone, no matter what uh, ethnic ethnic background they have. God can change their character and make them a brother and sister in Christ, and that's what the church has to be striving for today. And I, to I've I've seen a lot of people post this verse and understanding that it applies to Old Testament, and it was talking specifically about the Old Testament in the nation of Israel, but it says, what if people turn to God, they repent of their ways, he will forgive their sin, and he will heal their heal land. Their land. Yes. yes. The sin problem is not going to be gone, or the, the healing is not going to come until the sin problem is finished. Yeah. And, and that, that carries of. over. That's in First Chronicles, and that carries over into the New Testament book of Revelation when it talks about a tree that we're all going to eat the fruit of thereof, and it's going to be for the healing of the nations. And that's the only way that this is going to be solved. Sin has to be forgiven before the land can be healed. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. So it, can I, I just want to add something. Um, and uh, the sermon this morning was 
all has a lot to do with the doctrine of the Pharisees, with the leaven of the Pharisees. And if we kind of close out with this, um, the parallel of the doctrine of this hypocrisy that we see all over social media, especially that's just going rant around the world today, that this hypocrisy, this doctrine of hypocrisy and legalism, um, what was the remedy to that? It was dealing with the leaven. Yeah. And there are some things we can deal with dealing with leaven. We understand that the Laodicean church grew exponentially, exponentially in a lukewarm situation. Ironically, right. leaven grows fastest in a lukewarm in a lukewarm environment. Uh, leaven is destroyed with salt. You can kill leaven with salt. Ironically, if you want leaven to grow faster, you need to add sugar. Mm. Sugar feeds yeast. Wow. Sugar feeds leaven. Or let's just say this: doctrines that are sweet to the taste but bad for the body can grow the doctrine of ignorance. Wow. This, this hypocrisy, this legalism. Feed, feed. You want sugar? You want? You want leaven? You want this? This bad doctrine, this hypocrisy to grow. Don't give it any salt. Just give it sugar. Um, don't turn up the temperature on sin in the church, or turn down the temperature of sin in the church and, and starve it out. Um, cold or hot kills yeah. leaven. Mm, yeah. Salt kills leaven. What else kills leaven? Um, sunlight kills wow. leaven. So for yeast to grow, it needs to be in a dark place. So. We see the parallel of Scripture in the New Testament. Christ is all of that remedy. It's perfect. It will kill leaven. It will kill the hypocrisy that we see today. It will kill the legalism that we see today. It will kill every issue. Scripture will. Yeah. Christ will. And what's interesting is that in, in the backwash of all this stuff, we can't eliminate the fact that the churches, by and large, churches have been closed for three months. Yeah. And I can't I can't ignore the fact that that has Fest, to ha- yes the festering the, where's the, where's the sunlight where's the where's the heat where's the to grow. where's the uh, the salt the light yes. where, where are those things it, in the absence of those things we're seeing a lot of yeah. of unrest taking place yes. in our nation this isolation of the word of God has been dormant. well and I think that's why Christ tells us to be salt and light yep it's a great no thought. substitute for the church great yeah. thought guys. Absolutely, uh, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and close us out, let them know where we can be found, and then close us with prayer. Yeah. Um, we are now, we're still on every platform we've listed before. We've got YouTube, Facebook, as I think we're starting to get more into that. And then we have, of course, Apple, iTunes, and uh, Google, about on 10 different platforms. Just get any of your listening platforms, type in Cherishing Scripture Podcast, and we'll pop right up there. But um, other than that, that's pretty it. So I guess we'll Great close in prayer. Guys. Yeah. And uh, we got a lot to pray about, so yes. we'll go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to finally gather back together. I think we said it was back in March when the last time we posted something, but I think our main uh, thought is to be you guide our nation, and we have so much to pray for. Help us to get past this every man for itself society. Help the church rise up and go out and preach the word to you so we can help see the world saved. Uh, I pray for this podcast help it to continue to grow lord and uh well that's good in these things in your name amen amen